Dr. Carol Kwalczyk of the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. And in this podcast, we're going to continue with where we left off, talking about common myths of infertility. So I've got another five more. And the first one is health does not affect your fertility. Let me tell you, this could be the farthest from the truth. One of the things I believe in and why I have a wellness center right in my fertility center is that I've always believed that traditional medicine, the pills, the shots, the procedures is great. It can do wonders. Complementary medicine, the acupuncture, massage, uh, nutrition, exercise, stress management is great. It can do wonders, but you put them together and that's when you're going to get your best and most successful outcomes. So you have to start with a healthy base in order to optimize your success in getting pregnant. So what do I mean by that? So let's talk a little bit about weight. People are very into health and into their fitness now more than ever, but still, unfortunately, America is one of the heaviest populations, and there is a very high percentage of women who are in the overweight category and, and even obese first to some degree. So your BMI is body mass index, which is weight and height. It should be between 25 and 29, ideally. And so if you have a BMI or body mass index of over 30, it's like getting a 40-year-old pregnant. That extra weight affects your insulin levels, and you have insulin resistance. It affects the quality of the egg and how well that egg matures and develops and has the ability to fertilize. So what you're going to want to do is figure out a way to try to get that BMI under 30 if you can, or as close to 30 as possible. So what we do is, you know, we offer several options and, you know, nutrition is about 80% of of it. And so there's people have done the Weight Watchers, the keto, the intermittent fasting. My office tends to be a little more a fan of the intermittent fasting and also doing some type of physical activity. So the recommendation is 150 minutes of activity per week or 30 minutes five times a week. And that's something that is going to maintain your heart health, but also in combination with nutritional balance and and, and healthy eating, that you're going to find your best success. Also, studies have shown that following a Mediterranean diet, more vegetables than fruits, more multigrain, more lean meats, more fish, keeps those insulin levels more stable and also is a better environment for egg quality. So when you're interested in having a baby, you want to try to work on that. Now, underweight isn't very good either. So BMIs of less than or equal 19 is also a struggle for many women in getting pregnant. Why? It's because you need to be consuming enough healthy fats to be able to have your body reproduce the reproductive hormones. And women who have BMIs less than or equal to 19 struggle with fertility because the quality of their eggs are not as good. So you really need to watch your and try to get, if you can, you know, ideally 25 to 29 or somewhere in that range. The other thing is I get asked a lot about caffeine and smoking and drug use and marijuana. The drinking caffeine You know, for fertility, go for it with your caffeine. Once you're pregnant, however, 
Caffeine can increase miscarriage rates. So the cutoff is 200 milligrams of caffeine. So when you are pregnant, you can have your, your cup of coffee in the morning, a regular now Starbucks, half-calf, decaf the rest of the day. When you are trying to get pregnant, two or three cups of, of coffee is probably fine, but maybe make your last one half-calf or decaf. Smoking is horrible. So smoking is not a good idea. Smoking affects your fertility. It puts you in the menopause earlier, gives you wrinkles, none of what you want. So you need to really chill out that smoking. And even if you say you're a, quote, social smoker, pay attention when you're at the bar, when you're out with people, how much really you're smoking. And, and know that that is something you can easily cut out. Marijuana and pregnancy, marijuana and fertility, that's a whole nother podcast that we will have in the future. But we do know that there's a lot of data out there that marijuana use, specifically the THC, is uh, affecting the egg quality, sperm quality, can affect miscarriage rates, and there is some evidence that could hinder the development of kids down the road. But that is, there's so many categories with marijuana and pregnancy that what I want to do is, is do it in another podcast. But that's something that you need to pay attention to. Guys, guys who smoke cigarettes, one cigarette smoked decreases your fertility by 1%. So you do a pack a day, guys, it's a 20% decrease in your fertility. So that's an easy number to remember, is that it's not just we women that have an effect on our egg quality, it's our guys and their impact on with the cigarette smoke. So health does affect your fertility, and the idea is to try to eat as healthy as possible, the Mediterranean diet, keep your body weight appropriate, and watch some of those recreational things. So health does affect your fertility. Myth number seven, every journey looks the same. That is so untrue. Now I know that people who are going through the fertility road, I know now they're talking to more people and I love that. I love that people are more open, they're talking to their doctors, they're talking to their friends. And that is why I think I'm seeing younger patients I just got this question the other day is, wait, are you seeing younger people? Does that mean that there's more issues? Does that mean we're more affected? I don't think so. I think that a lot of it is awareness. And I love the 20, 30-somethings who are out there talking, gathering information, looking things up, and they're coming to me way earlier. And, and it's great because when I get patients at earlier ages, there's so much more I can do. And so many more options I can offer. So it's important that, that uh, you know, we, we realize that it is a journey, but it's something that is, is, is unique for everyone. Now, when I say that the good thing is that people are talking to each other, sometimes the not so good thing is, hey, you know, this is what I did to get pregnant. Go ahead and do this, and I'm sure you'll be successful. So when you're talking to your friend and they said they did this or their doctor gave them that treatment and you go and try it and it doesn't work, remember that everyone's journey is unique and there's no cookie cutter approach to fertility. So the, the important thing I try to tell people is you deserve a workup that is individualized to you and your partner. And you need to come in and have that workup done and sit down as a team. I don't make the decisions. We make them together. So as a team, we discuss all the options that are available. And it's you and your partner that need to decide 
what works for you emotionally, financially, religiously, with the number of children you want, insurance-wise, I mean, everything. And so you deserve to be part of that team. You deserve to make that plan with being comfortable for what you believe in. And I know there are some programs out there nationwide that you walk in and they are state your name, IVF is what you need. Well, that's expensive. It's emotionally draining, financially draining, and you may not need to be that aggressive. In my practice, we do not do IVF unless it's absolutely necessary or other things have not worked. Or there's other factors that would put IVF ahead of the game. So there should never be a cookie cutter approach to the journey of fertility. And don't let anyone tell you that every journey looks the same. Myth number eight, irregular cycles. So I get this. I'll get people who will say, oh, you know, I'm trying to see if I ovulate. I'm trying to do prediction kits. And it's just not showing up. Or they'll say they have been trying for three years and they haven't gotten pregnant. When I get their history, they get two periods a year. That means they're popping off two eggs a year. So yes, irregular periods definitely affect fertility. And the first thing we have to figure out is why they're happening. So that goes back to the hormone workup I was talking about. So we would get your history. We would check your weight because weight can potentially play a role. We get all of your hormones and we check things like thyroid, prolactin. If they're off, they can affect how well you release the egg. We'll check PCOS. That's a whole other podcast again. But PCOS is a condition where there is an imbalance of your male and female hormones. There's insulin resistance. That can affect the eggs and cause irregular periods. You could be too thin causing irregular periods. You could be heavier causing it. You could be, you know, it's something called decreased ovarian reserve. So my job is, or your GYN or whoever you're seeing this job, is to do this hormone workup to then help you figure out why these periods are irregular. And if we find a reason, we can treat that specific hormone issue. So for example, if there's a problem with the thyroid or prolactin, there's a special medication we can give to fix that. There's dietary changes we talked about before. Also, there are fertility medications. So I would talk to you about Clomid or another pill called Letrozole, also called Femera, and it is works by different mechanisms that could help you to release an egg more regularly. And then we would talk about the timing of sex around when that egg gets released. But yes, irregular periods are important. Now, what, what is an irregular period? When I ask women how often they get their periods, everybody says 28 days. I don't know where they got that from. As, yes, I do. It's the birth control pill pack is that it comes in it's every 28 days, right? Well, guess what? Only 15% of women have a 28-day cycle. And you, every woman has a fluctuation in her menstrual cycle by a day or two. The normal interval or normal range of regular cycles is 24, 25 to 35 days. So if your periods are quote-unquote regular, but they're every 20 days, that's too short. Not enough time for an egg to develop. If your periods are quote-unquote regular, but they're 40 days apart, too long you're not ovulating as well as you think. So you wanna kind of get a calendar and figure out exactly when you start every month and then count the days to see if you truly are regular or not. Myth number nine, birth control pills hinder fertility. Absolutely not. Think about why you were put on the pill. Yes, you might've been put on to prevent pregnancy, but there are many women that were put on the pill to regulate their periods. 
The incidence of fertility being, being impacted by birth control pills is less than 1%. So usually what happens is that you had some underlying problem before you were put on the birth control pills, and it's not the birth control pills that's causing you a problem with getting pregnant. As a matter of fact, how many times have I heard, gee, doc, I don't know what happened. The first time I got pregnant as soon as I got off the pill, and I can't get pregnant any time after that. Well, guess what? The birth control pills regulated your hormones. So as soon as you got off the pill, you had hormones that were in balance, which then allowed an egg to pop off. Now that you've been off of it and your periods may be irregular or you may not be ovulating as well, that's what the problem truly is and not the birth control pills. So don't be afraid to take them. Think about it. Millions and millions and millions of women are on birth control. What is the incidence of fertility? It affects 10% to 15% of couples, one out of eight. If birth control was the big fertility killer, we'd be seeing way more fertility issues. So birth control does not hinder your fertility. And then comes to the last, miscarriages run in the family. So again, I'm going to do, i got a lot of podcasts. I'm so excited about being here. But a lot of podcasts and another podcast is all about miscarriages. But the answer to miscarriages run in the family is probably not. 50% of the time we can identify why a person is having recurrent miscarriages the other 50% of the time, all the workup's going to come back normal and we're going to scratch our heads and say, now what? So about 40% of women will have a miscarriage and never have another one. And 60% of the time, it's due to a chromosome or genetic issue, meaning that that embryo was abnormal and it was not destined to make it anyway. But just because you have a miscarriage once doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a miscarriage again. The incidence of recurrent miscarriage, which used to be three losses and now us fertility docs counted as two, uh, that happens only about 10% of the time, 10 to 15% of the time. So that's when if you have more than a couple miscarriages or you have your two losses and want to work up before getting pregnant again, that's where we do this workup to identify if we can find a reason. So again, in another podcast, we're going to talk about that and talk about what the workup for recurrent loss is and what treatment options you have. Now, the only thing I can think of that may be an association with recurrent miscarriages in families, if you have some type of genetic condition or things called reciprocal translocations of chromosomes. So, you know, those are things that sometimes can pass on in families. Other than that, you know, there isn't really a lot of link. PCOS, that is something that runs in families, and PCOS in and of itself increases miscarriage rates, but it wouldn't necessarily be something I would say kind of quote-unquote runs in families. So there you go. Those are the next five myths that I hear about, about fertility. And again, you know, hopefully this gives you some clarity and some direction with your future fertility. And I'm excited to share this information. So again, this is Dr. Carol Kowalczyk of the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. Hey Jackie, Wisdom and Wellness Podcast is in partnership with the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. Yeah, and it's produced by Detroit Moms and researched by my mom, Dr. Kara Kowalczyk. 
The Wisdom and Wellness Podcast offers several other resources featuring Dr. Kowalczyk, including magazine Wisdom and Wellness. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and please subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to check us out on the web at www.mifertility.com for more research and resources.